This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Available now from Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett, the compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel, an immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books, available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free. A young mother labeled impure, a shepherd boy considered unclean. Experience Jesus' birth through their eyes this season with Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night. The specially remastered story is only in theaters from December 12th to 17th, including a never-before-seen performance from Andrea and Matteo Bocelli, seven musical performances, and two new monologues. Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night, is the perfect way to celebrate the hope and joy of Christmas. Learn more at fathomevents.com. Most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son, the king of all kings. The greatest story ever told can we, can we is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. A young mother labeled impure. A shepherd boy considered unclean. Experience Jesus' birth through their eyes this season with Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night. 
The specially remastered story is only in theaters from December 12th to 17th, including a never-before-seen performance from Andrea and Matteo Bocelli, seven musical performances, and two new monologues. Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night, is the perfect way to celebrate the hope and joy of Christmas. Learn more at fathomevents.com. The Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. All right, we've got a lot to get to, including the latest uh, from the headlines, which we will uh, tear apart in this way. We will see what is happening. We will figure out uh, why it is so important, and we'll try to apply how it matters to us in our daily lives. That's all straight ahead. Kevin McCullough, we get started right now. And welcome in, Kevin McCullough. Very glad to have you with us per usual, and uh, thank you for being here. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. We're going to have some very interesting discussions about the biggest news stories of the day. So obviously, hold on to your hat. We've got a lot to get to before we're done. Um, but I, I just want to tell you, I, I find every now and then when the great scales of the, you know the, the cosmic ether get balanced from time, it can be a shockwave to a lot of people. But I always find it refreshing. And I don't like it when uh, people, you know, refer to um, uh, people in a, in a negative way. I'm, I'm not looking for people to be derogatory towards one another. But if you're if you're being, uh, you know, a horse's backside, somebody needs to tell you that you're being a horse's backside. Because if you're not told that you're a horse's backside, you're going to continue to be a horse's backside, and everyone is going to hate you for being it. And finally, someone has spoken up and said to Bernie Sanders, "Stop." being a self-hating Jew. And that person is none other than the comedian John Lovitz, who has some right to say it, being a fellow Jew himself. Uh, the comedic actor and outspoken Israel supporter went on a tear against the Vermont senator uh, this, this week. Uh, he's Jewish. He declared Sanders the best example of a self-loathing Jew calling him disgusting and mocked how the senator describes himself as a democratic socialist versus being an actual communist. So that's like asking, are you a Christian? No, 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 I'm a Jew for Jesus. It's the same thing. And by the way, there's a lot of those that do exist, but it's the same thing as being a democratic socialist and being a communist. Uh, Lovett says the only difference is in a democratic socialist uh, situation, you vote for the person and then they come and take all your stuff away. In a communist situation, they just appoint themselves and then they come and take all your stuff away. But in either sense, in either instance, you're getting all your stuff taken away. Meanwhile, the elites always prosper. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, Bernie Sanders makes an annual salary in uh, Congress as a senator being uh, about $174,000 for the, the year. Yet he owns three houses in three different places. This is this is a, this is a miracle. It's like the the bread and the, lo the loaves and fishes. They, they just keep m multiplying, no matter how few you have. 
Actually, this is what John Lovitz is getting at. And going after him hard and saying, you shouldn't do this, uh, that's not normal. He says, no, not on not on that salary. He said, all my friends that are Jewish, like they they go, Bernie Sanders, self-loathing Jew, you know what's wrong with this guy, and that's what that is. Oh, that's not true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you are. I don't like it when people make money. It's not right. Uh, that they should only make so much. Well, then it's enough. Well, you have three homes. You should just have one home. That's none of your business. Lovitz is right. And Lovitz has the cojones to step up and say something that needed that has been needing to be said across the board. Right now, we don't have nearly enough elected Jewish people speaking up on behalf of Jewish people in this country. And I will just add, when you are someone like Chuck Schumer and you're being quiet as a church mouse in a, in a moment where the people that are marching through the biggest uh, streets in your city, the biggest city in the state that you represent as the, as the leader of the Senate for the Democrats, you have an obligation to speak up. If, if hundreds of thousands of people walk through the streets saying, kill the Jews or F the Jews, and you, as Chuck Schumer, sits in your chair and you say nothing, you're like the ones during the Holocaust that helped the Germans bring them all to the ovens. You need to use the power that you have, the position that you have, and the moment that you have to stand up and speak loudly. Now, as an evangelical Christian, I try to do that. I try to say, uh, look, I have many Jewish friends that contribute to my radio shows and my television operations. We we go work hand in hand, and I'm very glad and happy to be able to do that. I love my friends, but I have watched with great pain personally to see the degree of anxiety that they have experienced in understanding that no one has their back. Sure, Joe Biden comes out and says some nice words, even words that were interpreted in Israel as being supportive of the of the Israeli people. But when you have Kamala Harris coming out just a few days later and saying Islamophobia is the biggest problem of, of anti-whatever uh, in the country, you've missed the point. And that's what John Levitz is tired of. He's tired of Bernie Sanders saying one thing and trying to take advantage of being that one thing while doing and representing something that is completely the opposite. Now, the question becomes, do you call someone self-loathing? And here's my very simple take on it. If that's what they're doing, and they're sending their own fellow Jews to their destruction, you know not only should, you should scream it from the top of the nearest mountain as often and as regularly as you can, which it seems like John Lovitz is trying to do now with some of the media that he's doing. I mean, he describes himself as a socially liberal but fiscally conservative guy. This isn't like some wild right-wing radical that is uh, jawing at, at Bernie. Um, but he lamented how Democrats have always said they were pro-Israel, but now the party has shifted so far to the left that the squad is the one that's in charge of promoting the policy of what the Democratic Party stands for. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at this at the continuing protests, how they continue to bubble up in numbers, how Elon Omar, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, Rashida Tlaib and others uh, continue to join them in their marches and seek solidarity with them and, and talk about the the crying uh, children of the terrorists as opposed to the babies that were turned into charcoal on October the 7th. The, the rule of thumb, the sense of equal justice and fair play <clears throat> are not at work. So it comes down to people that have a microphone, that have a platform, that have the ability to say something about it to actually do so. 
And if you noticed Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and kind of the standard uh, titular heads of the Democratic Party came out and said, Hamas are bad people. We can't trust them. Can't trust their numbers. Can't trust what they're going to negotiate with anything. I mean, Netanyahu's in a tough spot. If 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 they're going to get negotiations done, you, you do it on conditions. And when you release X number of hostages, then we'll give you ceasefire for this amount of time. But that's the way it's going to work. It's not going to be, uh, we're going to call a ceasefire and then you move the hostages some more. You're going to release people, you devils. You're going to release them and they're going to go free. We're going to take them back to their family. And for everyone that you killed, there will be a penalty that you will pay in some in some way. Restitution is not coming for you. Judgment is. But we're giving you a chance to at least on some level lessen what that impact would be by being good people and saying we will we'll stop our operations for a period of time. But you break your word. You go back on it. You don't release the, the hostage that you say you will. Game's on, friends. And Rashida Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar need to get over that. They need to understand that there is no equitability in this matchup. Israel was the victim. Hamas was the assassin. And now Israel is doing what they must do in order for the Jewish people to survive on planet Earth. It is not by mistake that people are chanting in the streets as they go about their day, death to Israel, kill the Jews. F the Jews, as they chant these things in louder and louder numbers on college campuses and across big cities, uh, if, I, if I were one of my Jewish friends, I would be scared to death as well. So friends, tonight we need to pray for our Jewish friends, but we need to work for their benefit. We need to speak up when asked, and even when not to sometimes, just like John Lovitz. It's gotta change. And hopefully with people like John Lovitz, people will be inspired to. That's my thought. Kevin McCullough coming right back. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told can we, can we is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock and my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped, right in front of us. Men were beaten, 
and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. Thatkevintour.com. Thatkevintour.com. Or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Welcome, Kevin McCullough, back with you. And we look forward to getting into today's biggest stories. Uh, we start the show off with a very interesting report out of the Heritage Foundation. Uh, and they have done this uh, before where they have rated the different uh, states and different uh, areas of the country on the basis of their ability to see themselves as free. You may think you live in a relatively free area, but let's find out for sure. Uh, Jonathan Butcher is joining us. He's a senior research fellow for the uh, Heritage Foundation in the Center for Education Policy, and he joins us uh, tonight. Jonathan, thanks for being here. Um, I, I started seeing headlines. I was traveling last week, and I started seeing headlines from overseas 
that New York, the state that I base from, uh, was was not very good. In fact, it, it ranked the worst in terms of total freedoms for its citizens. Um, what did this year's report card find out? And maybe before we even get into the results of it, why does the Heritage Foundation uh, look into the states based on this uh, set of criteria? So we're trying to create a roadmap for lawmakers to create an education landscape where every child can succeed and every child has the option to choose how and where they learn. We know that there are states such as New York that spend a lot per pupil and yet don't get a lot of return on investment. Their test scores are not what we think we should be getting for the amount of money uh, that's spent per child in these schools. So how can we change that, right? What are other states doing that spend less per child but have seen remarkable progress in terms of student growth and closing achievement gaps? Places like Arizona and Florida in particular, which do have options for students to take scholarships to attend private schools, even to customize their education as well as low levels of regulation so that schools can do what is best for their students without having to worry about what uh, may be coming down from the State Department of Education, telling them how and uh, in what ways to operate. What's interesting about this, Jonathan, is that um, I don't think there's a parent alive that says, I want to send my kid to a crummy school. I think that the average thought of most parents is, I hope that my kids are getting well served and get a good education. But in recent years, and as the unions have gotten stronger, and COVID really exposed this in a way that was quite powerful, it seems as though less and less, particularly in the public education arena, though it is starting to spill over into the uh, private school sector as well, but it seems that less and less of it has anything to do with learning. And a lot of it has either to do with indoctrination of worldview or some other agenda that isn't even related to the child. Um, how does this come into a, uh, how do those factors factor into the report card and, and what you guys find? Well, look, a crisis will show our true colors. And what we saw coming out of the pandemic was what and who districts turn to and who they're listening to when there are times of crisis. And it was unions. Unions were able to uh, uh, flex their muscle, right? They had pictures in the White House uh, shortly after President Biden took office. And then once the pandemic set in, it was, in fact, the unions that were pressuring districts. And by telling their members that their members didn't have to go back to work in person if schools were to reopen. And that, of course, put parents in a very difficult situation, right? Parents needed to get back to work, and of course they wanted their children to continue learning. So what do we look for in states, right, in a way that demonstrates they're putting parents first? Well, let's take what we know as a parent bill of rights. We saw states across the country uh, over the past year, but especially over the last 10 years, adopt what uh, adopt these, these bills of rights, which say that a parent is a child's primary caregiver and that the state can't do uh, anything to interfere with that relationship unless there's a compelling governmental interest and it's the least means necessary. And that's a key perspective for uh, district board members to have. It's a key perspective for state lawmakers to have because that then drives uh, efforts to create more choices 
for students in education. That is the kind of perspective that says we can allow parents to choose a school for their child, to choose a personal tutor, to find an education therapist, to find an online class that will help to supplement what that child is learning. So we're restructuring the whole perspective around K-12 education uh, to reinforce that relationship that parents have with their children. There's nowhere where that relationship has come come under greater fire than the policies set forward by the administration almost on day one um, with the, I I kind of call it a sexual anarchist agenda, where you you come in and and you're not dealing with math or history or language, but you're trying to talk about pronouns and body parts and uh, referring to things that are purely fantasy, um, saying that Little boys can be little girls if they just want to be bad enough, and then insisting that the schools go along with all of this. Even after there were examples from across the country in various states where this mentality and these policies led to dangerous situations, particularly for young girls, the administration doubled down. And just yesterday, the president was talking about um, all the all the lives that have been lost of transgendered people. I I don't know that we could even um, uh, come up with a list that was that, that was very long for such an occasion as that. And yet, the number of students that have been injured and hurt in this um, force-fed agenda that the schools are having to put up with is is starting to grow rather significantly. Parents did get involved, but it has not seemed to sway the uh, federal policy as of yet. What does the report card uh, indicate in terms of of these types of issues? So our report card is looking at what state policies are dictating for schools. But as you know, the U.S. Department of Education has significant leeway to force or compel Sure, to force or compel what state departments of education do, which then, of course, affects what happens in the classroom. Great example of this is the way the Biden administration is trying to change what is known as Title IX of the Education Amendments to the Civil Rights Act. By changing this title, they're trying to redefine sex to mean sexual orientation and gender identity, which really removes the protections that women fought for, especially in the 1970s, so that they would have the same opportunities as men. I think this is a clear um, piece of ideological warfare that is uh, meant to put women and girls at a disadvantage. And we can see this in sports, for example, right? You can see it in the ways in which women are injured when they're playing everything from field hockey to uh, the way that they consistently will then lose in cross country or swimming when a boy says they're a girl and wants to compete. Our report card has model legislation that is available on our website that talks about what a school board can do to make sure that when it comes to single-sex sports, that it remains just that, right? It remains single-sex sports for people who are born either a girl or a boy. And there's language in our model bill. I love the fact that the report card has so many um, actions that can be proposed and and taken advantage of. Tell the viewers uh, and and those who are listening how they can get a copy of this and what you would suggest that they do once they do receive a copy. So our report card is available on the Heritage Foundation's website at heritage.org. And on the side, there's a link that will say model legislation. And you can find our model school board policy as well as our model bills around school choice and parent bills of rights on that 
site. And you, you should take that to your school board, right? You should be talking with your lawmakers in your local area about how they can use some of these things to protect children, especially girls. Once again, that's heritage.org, heritage.org. Jonathan Butcher of the Center for Education Policy. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Dynamis Books, Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett, the compelling true redemption story of Mitsuo Fujita, the Japanese pilot who led the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in World War II. Wounded Tiger is a thoroughly researched account that reads like a novel, an immersive experience with more than 300 photos, including historical archives, maps, personal letters, and official documents. Wounded Tiger by T. Martin Bennett from Dynamis Books, available in stores and online now. Go to WoundedTiger.com now to read the first chapters for free of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule changing the world one life at a time i'm older and i have more energy just like all the commercials that i see on tv so it really is a help uh, to my well-being i'm 80 years old i clean up after 450 kids in the cafeteria for three hours and then i clean 300 steps and then I, I vacuum carpets and clean halls in five hours because you know, for an 80 year old that's a lot to do and I still have energy after work. I consider it a, a great success. Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature. For a limited time this summer, get $25 off your first order as a preferred customer, plus a free fruits and veggies travel set with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KMC. Are you or a loved one battling cancer? Discover Oasis of Hope, an alternative treatment hospital where faith and medicine combine for effective healing. Listen to this testimonial from Michelle Tucker, a cancer victor. The third time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, it had spread to my pancreas, and my doctor had given me four weeks to live. I went to Oasis of Hope, and six years later, I am alive and well. Michelle's story is replicated hundreds of times over, including in the McCullough household. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I thoroughly endorse the Oasis of Hope, and I think you'll find the help that you're looking for. Call 888-500-4673 for a medical consultation and free magazine. Call 888-500-4673. That's 888-500-4673. Oasis of Hope does not guarantee specific outcomes or results. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented my pillow. 
My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. Coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical, and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert. The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. The king of all kings. The greatest story ever told. Can we? Can we? Is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. Obliterating confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Welcome back, Kevin McCullough. Glad to be with you. Normally hosting That Kevin Show weekends on the Salem News Channel. But glad to be with you this Thanksgiving week. Um, do you remember that very comical news headline that came out the first year that Joe Biden was in office and how he saved you nearly $1.63 on your Thanksgiving Day turkey dinner? Well, has it gotten better or worse since then? Uh, my next guest says it's much worse than we fear and that Biden inflation is making Thanksgiving more expensive than ever. Ken Davis is the former Virginia Deputy Attorney General, and he joins us now. Uh, General uh, Davis, thank you for being with us. Appreciate you being here. Um, how bad is it? Well, it's certainly much worse than the government reported figures. Uh, each month, the, uh, the administration, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, puts out a CPI number, Consumer Price Index, which they uh, say they calculate to um, cover a representative basket of goods and services to come up with what we have to pay, typical Americans have to pay for everyday uh, items as we go to the store and the gas station. Uh, The most recently reported figures showed an inflation rate for the month of October and for the year going back to last October uh, that were somewhat lower than uh, predicted and somewhat lower than uh, in the recent past. It was 3.2% they reported for the year. Now, the problem with that figure, there are two problems really with what the administration tries to do with uh, its reported CPI figures. First, um, they celebrate anything uh, smaller as a CPI inflation rate as lower prices. 
you'll hear them say repeatedly that inflation is lower. Americans are better off. But a lower rate of inflation is not the same thing as lower prices, of course, because the price increases measured by the inflation rate are cumulative. They stack up one month after the other. And so um, slower is not lower. Slower going up is not going down. So that's um, some spin on their part. The other thing, of course, is that inflation has been very high, much higher than uh, during the Trump administration. It's been very high all through the uh, Biden administration, the highest inflation in four decades. And so even if the rate of further increase fell to zero, we're still looking at a cumulative price level increase during the Biden administration of close to uh, 20 to 25 percent, as measured by the government's own figures. And as far as turkey dinners go and Thanksgiving, what ought to be a Norman Rockwell moment of celebration turns out to be a, a real struggle for millions of American households because uh, food has gotten so expensive, including all the items that we include in a uh, in a turkey uh, in a turkey dinner. By a lot of measurements, a Thanksgiving meal for the family is 30 to 35 or 40 percent more expensive this November compared to November 2019. That is uh, not surprising if you've been paying attention and looking at the numbers, but uh, uh, Mr. Davis, uh, Ken Davis, a former general, former deputy attorney general for the state of Virginia, I want to just point this out, and my radio listeners and some of the viewers here at the Salem News Channel have heard me uh, bang this drum for a long time. We could, we could almost end some aspects of the inflation overnight by simply becoming energy dominant once again in the um, production of and the facilitation of our own energy resources. The cost, uh, since the CPI has a connection to the energy cost that Americans use, but it's also, it's kind of a double whammy because it's also part of the price fixture that every person creating a good or service is passing on to that customer as well. So not only am I as a normal dad paying more to put gas in my car, but every carton of eggs, every gallon of milk, everything that I buy, everything that I do has that cost also added into it. So I'm getting bled twice on the fact that we are being, um, you know, voluntarily energy subvert, uh, submissive to the rest of the the uh, universe and instead of being the energy dominant supplier that we were during the Trump administration. Former Deputy Attorney General for the state of Virginia, Ken Davis, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Kevin McCullough, coming back. A young mother labeled impure, a shepherd boy considered unclean, Experience Jesus' birth through their eyes this season with Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night. 
The specially remastered story is only in theaters from December 12th to 17th, including a never-before-seen performance from Andrea and Matteo Bocelli, seven musical performances, and two new monologues. Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night, is the perfect way to celebrate the hope and joy of Christmas. Learn more at FathomEvents.com. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. Uh, we have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, and she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work, but because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk. So the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, as she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, she would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave. And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. A young mother labeled impure. A shepherd boy considered unclean. Experience Jesus' birth through their eyes this season with Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night. The specially remastered story is only in theaters from December 12th to 17th, including a never-before-seen performance from Andrea and Matteo Bocelli, seven musical performances, and two new monologues. Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night, is the perfect way to celebrate the hope and joy of Christmas. Learn more at FathomEvents.com.
If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. Um, we are noting as we watch the war in Israel and uh, with Hamas continue that uh, there's been a little bit of a double standard when it comes to uh, the reporting that is done. And this was brought home for me even more strongly as I was out of the country last week and the footage and the coverage that I did see uh, even more of a slanted uh, viewpoint in terms of the anti-Israel angle. But what real impact is this having? Let's turn to Newsbusters managing editor, uh, Curtis Hauk, uh, to discuss this very real media phenomenon. Curtis, I don't think anybody thought going into the conflict between Israel and Hamas that Israel was ever going to get a true, honest shake at decent coverage. But what is the real story? How has it gone down? Yeah, I think the first thing it reminds me of is like a little bit after COVID, where like the first couple of days we're all in this together. The media are sort of kind of doing their jobs, displaying the horror of what went on at the kibbutzes and talking about the hostages and making the hostages the real focus of the story as it should be in the brutality of Hamas, calling this a terror attack. But then, you know, a few days later, the media kind of got their narratives in place. They started talking to people in Gaza, their producers, their stringers in Gaza, who really only report what Hamas wants them to at risk of their own lives and to those of their families. Uh, propaganda coming out of Hamas really saying, you know, what does Israel have a right to respond the way that they are? And look what they're doing. They're killing these innocent men, women and children, um, you know, and they promote these very dubious death tolls from the Hamas controlled Gaza Ministry of Health, which is anything but a ministry and it's anything but health. Uh, it's just basic statistical propaganda. Um, as we saw during the hospital bombing uh, that we saw when they, the media, liberal media, rushed to claim that Israel was to blame for uh, a hospital fire in Gaza, um, the media were just, it was just too good for them to check. Uh, and now, as we see with the tunnels and under the Al-Shifa hospital, the liberal media are saying, you know, we can't independently confirm what Israel is saying. But when it comes to things Gazans are saying, they're and Hamas is saying they're not going right to saying, you know, we can't independently confirm this or they say we claim this. Um, the focus is more on uh, you're just saying Israel's making these claims. And do they really have the goods or not? The onus is on Israel in this war, not Hamas. Well, and that's exactly the uh, problem that I think that people of good faith are encountering. And as we think about this, I, I, I encourage those who are listening to ask yourself the question uh, of what good is a media service to you if it does report the numbers from the Ministry of Health uh, in Gaza as gospel and refuses to acknowledge anything that uh, Israel says. And I will say, Curtis, you know, when the, when the IDF comes out and they do a press conference, they, they're doing it in broken English. Sometimes the syntax is a little bit off. And, you know, sometimes you think, you know, they, they, they'll say things like, we have concrete evidence, blah, 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 and then they don't explain themselves. I think there's ways that if they're trying to get the message to the Western world, maybe stay in the native tongue and let the news translations uh, take over from that point. But from the pure credibility standpoint of this, there's no comparison between the two sides. And as we see these stories reported, then you're having the on-the-ground 
kind of viral impact of GoPros and iPhones and other things that are demonstrating things like the IDF helping uh, innocent um, Gaza civilians getting out of towns that Hamas are killing people in who try to leave. I mean, those stories never get told. Right. And I think, Kevin, the broader argument and the broader thesis that I've seen and I've said in previous interviews with folks is that the liberal media in this case, the media in this country, the media overseas, Western media have rediscovered both sides of them. After six years, uh, I guess you could call the Trump era of saying, well, there really aren't two sides to a story. It's whatever's true, what's factual, what basically whatever we want to report or whatever we say the truth is, that's it. We don't have to talk about the other side because not only is the other side wrong, the other side is dangerous, and you really don't deserve to hear about it. And fill in the blank, whatever adjective, emptying a thesaurus you want to use to describe the other side. Now, in this war, it's no, 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 no. We have to hear from both sides. We have to talk about how children on both sides, families on both sides are caught in the middle uh, people on both sides are struggling. They have to both sides, both sides, both sides over and over and over again when the facts are one side started this. There was a ceasefire in place before this war. It's really only guests that are pointing this out on these networks. So it is being mentioned, but it's not being mentioned necessarily always by the news anchors of the journalists themselves, which is an important context that's missing because in any story, you want it to go through the who, what, where, when, why, and how. And the media aren't really doing that. Uh, like we see in a lot of domestic stories here in the United States, they're not doing that here in the name of making sure that Gazans have their voices heard um, when really this is about an atrocity that Hamas started on October 7th. And what's going on on college campuses is you, in the B-roll footage there, the coverage that we've seen on that is rather interesting because they always, uh, some of these stories they make clear that anti-Semitism is the real problem, but they almost have to play lip service and mention Islamophobia on the side. They mention, oh yes, CARE says this. CARE says hundreds and thousands uh, you know, of reports are coming out about Islamophobia, but then they go very quickly back to anti-Semitism, which is also dishonest. It's just lip service. Um, right. And it shows that journalism is really about public relations. It's not actually about telling the truth. And the truth is that anti-Semitism is the real problem on college campuses. Uh, and it's being fed by rhetoric such as that from Congresswoman Rashid Tlaib. Well, there's no doubt about that. And what was interesting, at least it, it caught my attention in the beginning of this conflict, is that Joe Biden himself, um, Hillary Clinton, Others came out and said, we're not going to believe the, the numbers from the Gaza Ministry of Health. We're, we're going to stand with Israel. And at least initially, the kind of titular heads of the uh, Democratic Party were in agreement that standing with Israel was in their best interest. That seems to have waned on some level, starting with the uh, need to start this uh, you know, government initiative to combat Islamophobia that the vice president then announced a few days later. Curtis Houck, managing editor of Newsbusters, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. This November, Harry, God has chosen you to have a son. 
the king of all kings. The greatest story ever told Can we? Can we? is now an epic Christmas musical for the whole family. You truly believe that this child is the chosen one. What is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere November 10. Soundtrack also available. Get tickets now at journeytobethlehem.com. Hello, I'm Mike Vindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. The summer of 2024 will mark the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe, D-Day. But what happened in the hours leading up to the invasion in London from Churchill and Eisenhower's perspective? How did the troops feel as they crossed the channel from Portsmouth to Normandy? And what was it like liberating the City of Light, Paris? We will retrace these steps in June of 2024, and on July 4th, stand in the American Cemetery and honor those who fell. Would you join us? We have only limited seats available. Kevin McCullough asking you to personally come. Colette handles the details like flights, most meals, hotels, and local experiences. Your job is to just have the time of your life. So go to thatkevintour.com and check out the trip for yourself. thatkevintour.com thatkevintour.com or call 1-800-581-8942 or thatkevintour.com The most anticipated rock holiday tradition returns. Trans-Siberian Orchestra live in concert coming to a city near you. A legendary blend of rock, classical and holiday music for the entire family. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live in concert, The Ghosts of Christmas Eve. Go to TSOTickets.com for info. My very last few minutes with you on this broadcast for this week. I will be back Saturday night at 9 o'clock for That Kevin Show on the Salem News Channel and on 300-plus great radio stations coast-to-coast. I hope that you will join us at that time. We will will definitely be engaging in some humorous looks at the news throughout the week. Did you see the birthday cake that uh, Joe Biden nearly set the White House on fire with? Uh, yeah, we just just give the writers uh, till Saturday night. We've got a great assignment desk weekend planned for you, and I hope you'll join us. Now, someone who may some people thought that he may have been writing SNL parody type stuff 
but he certainly wasn't, is uh, Representative Dean Phillips. You, you know Representative Dean Phillips. He's the congressman who has launched a, a long shot, and by long shot, I mean it's not even within uh, a football field's reach, but a long shot of trying to knock out Joe Biden in the in the Democratic primary, the score round. But something he said this week got under the skin of at least part of the administration. He said at one point in time, I hear from others who know her a lot better than I do, that many think she's not well positioned, Phillips said of Harris. He went on to say she's not well prepared, doesn't have the right disposition and the right competencies to execute that office, meaning the presidency. Uh, Phillips also said that Harris's approval numbers are even worse than Biden's. The problem is the congressman, who may not be making friends with his statements, is telling nothing but the truth. If you look at the approval ratings, Kamala Harris is the most incompetent, least successful, poorest performing vice president in the history of our country. And it's not even close. Now, she may not like that, but she's been given her chance. She was put in charge of the border, did a big fat nothing. She's been put in charge of other policies and gotten about the same results. She's now in charge of the campaign against Islamophobia, whatever that's supposed to accomplish, because Islamophobia is such a big deal right now with Arabs marching in every street and every city across the country saying, F the Jews, F the Jews. I, I, I don't I just don't see how Islamophobia is really the focus of where we need to be uh, thinking about right now. But Kamala Harris. Wow. She's yeah, she's there. It's all she's all about it. Here's the here's the real uh, thing that's rubbing her the wrong way. She'll never be president. Kamala Harris has a horrible reputation amongst the people that just work for her, much less the people that would vote for her, for her ability to just deal with people. And whether you like them or not, the people that have been elected president over the years, especially in the modern era since uh, Richard Nixon, almost to a T, uh, people will say that they greatly admired the person. And maybe the person was flawed. Maybe he cheated on his wife or maybe he was a little too brash on Twitter or whatever. But they will tell you over and over again that these people have have a way about them that puts other people at ease when they are near them. Kamala Harris has the opposite effect. Somebody sees Kamala Harris coming towards them. They run in the other direction. My gosh, who could put up with that laugh? <laughs> kind of the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. It's it's terrible. But then you add to that the fact that when she ran for president the last time, she started out with a bit of a percentage. And by the time she quit, which was just before Iowa, she was polling at literally zero in the polls. No one thought that she had what it took to become president. And she needs to understand that. She needs to be a big girl. And she needs to move on.